The following program has been pre-recorded. This week on Belonging, we'll talk to Mia Whitney. She gives us her testimony and talks about her journey on becoming Catholic this coming Easter. It makes me um, feel more empowered in knowing that I can enter into that next step, next stage of life of walking into med school. I, I don't know what to expect, but the fact that I have um, my faith to rely on in Christ, and that is going to give me so much life and uh, you know, fill the cup up. Next. This program is made possible by the generous donations of Jeannie and Bill Stayskull, members of Christ the King Parish in Nashville, and by a grant from the Cook Foundation. Take advantage of the many opportunities for young people in the Nashville Diocese to connect and find belonging. Like University Catholic, a community of college-age students who are serious about their faith and unite in fellowship and friendship to deepen their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Go to universitycatholic.org to find out more. You can also connect with young Catholics like you by attending events like Summit Music City. It's a night of music followed by adoration and reconciliation. It's free and open to young people of all faiths. Go to soundscatholic.com or try Theology on Tap, where you can gather with other people in their 20s and 30s like you who want to learn more about their faith while enjoying a beverage together. Join Theology on Tap Nashville on Facebook for events and times. Welcome to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio. We're a show uh, for young Catholic adults uh, to provide guidance on life, whether it be relationships or finance or just whatever you may be going through in life. We have different guests on each week uh, to detail uh, different parts of their lives. And this week we're joined by Miss Mia Whitney, a student at Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and Father Javon, as always, is our guest host, providing a lot of insight, a lot of great experience with all he does and desires in the diocese. Uh, my name is Zach J. I'm a 24-year-old living here in Middle Tennessee and uh, here to go through life with you, here to host this show. Uh, this week, our guest, Mia. Mia, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, so excited. Yeah, you seem very excited. Mia is walking in here really busy today on a Thursday. Coming coming in, is it from babysitting? From babysitting, yes. Right, so, so doing just about all you can uh, as, a, as a college student. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are. Where, where are you from exactly and what brought you here to Nashville? Yeah, so um, I grew up in Atlanta um, and then I actually had an older brother that went to Vanderbilt that was graduated class of 2019. Um, I knew there was great community at, in, uh, at Vanderbilt in Nashville, so um, that's really what drew me to um, Vandy and to Nashville, and it's sad that I'm in my last uh, couple months here. Yeah, um, you, it's been a great time. You but. blink and it goes by. Yeah, um, exactly. it was, it was, it's been a pleasure just in the past few minutes getting to know your story. It's, you'll be entering the Catholic Church. That's right, yeah. <laughs> wow, so you've gone through all these years of, of Vanderbilt. What, what, what was a moment for you that kind of clicked that made you want to make this decision? I wasn't baptized until I was 14. Um, my dad is somewhat religious. My mom actually is not much at all. And I didn't grow up in a very like faithful or like we weren't attending church every Sunday and whatnot. I really didn't come to like find my faith until um, it was in college. I, I went to a Presbyterian school growing up and that's what actually what, where I was baptized and confirmed when I was, mm -hmm. like I said, 14 um, in Presbyterian church. Um, so what changed for you as a teenager? Was, right. there, was there a moment for you that kind of said, okay, I'm going to come make this a decision in my life to have faith? Or Yeah, I think it was when I was, when I came to college. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was the first time that I grew more in like independence and came out from like the umbrella of my 
uh, my parents' household, I guess, uh, the roof of my parents' household. Did a lot of growing up, for sure. I think that in high school, looking back, I didn't have any great mentors or role models of what living like a faithful, holy life looked like. My perception um, of what people living a Christian lifestyle looked like was not what I believe it to be now. The way that I view it now has only grown um, and developed more that I've met um, good people and good community um, that I can, that set a good example and push me to be a better person. And I think that I didn't really find that until I got to college my freshman year. What were some moments for you that happened at, at Vanderbilt? Was it just by chance that you happened to walk into a chapel or did you see like a right. advertisement say, come to mass if you want to, and <laughs> you just felt right? Yeah. So I, and, and it's funny cause actually my first baby steps into um, a Christian life, I guess freshman year wasn't within UCAT or a Catholic community at all. It was um, actually another ministry on campus, um, which I have all but, I mean, I have everything, uh, all respect for um, that ministry and like the role that it's played in my life. That was the community on campus that most reminded me of my friends from high school in a place where I felt very comfortable and like I belonged and was sort of like what drew me in at first. Um, and then I sort of stuck around and it was like little doors opening um, here and there. And, you know, I would come more for the fellowship and um, his listen to a good um, gospel message and sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that slowly um, worked into my life and started to really listen and to develop that like hunger and thirst for like the gospel and just like learning more um, and and asking like the big questions in life of like, what am I doing here? Why, why are we all here? Where are we all going? You know, it was, I think at that time, just mentally and emotionally, like I was maturing and um, asking those deep questions and not just like living day to day of like, how are my classes going? It's funny because um, one of my friends actually invited me um, on a focused mission trip to Jamaica last spring, which um, was the week before, you know, COVID hit and everything. Um, so like one of the last international trips for a while, but I knew that it was for focus, it would be like a Catholic mission trip. And I know that kind of overwhelmed me or just like walking into a whole week of like going to mass daily. It's crazy Catholics. I know. No. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Now you become a winner then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those crazy ones. Um, but really, I mean, she, I signed up for Awakening, um, which is like the main retreat that UCAT puts on, you know, twice a year um, uh, in hopes of just like kind of uh, dipping my toe in or my foot into um like Catholic culture, I guess, and hoping that it would sort of prepare me for a week-long ret- or mission trip to Jamaica. And the retreat itself ended up being, like, life-changing um, on its own. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, what were some moments that kind of impacted your life that you don't forget from that retreat? Was it just the silent prayer or the community of it? All of the above. I, I walked in completely having no expectations for what the weekend would look like. And I, I mean, I just praise God now for like how open-minded I was um, mm-hmm. throughout it all. And I think that that weekend was the first time that I knew it was all real. And I knew that he was real. And I knew that I wanted to walk like the rest of my life um, hand in hand with Christ. Um, and it really happened in that like adoration experience. And I, I mean, at the time I didn't even give like um, any thought to the fact that like Jesus Christ is president of the Eucharist here in this here in this room, and um, I thought that I was, you know, just praying Holy Spirit, like in the, like I don't even know, but yeah, it was that that Saturday night of awakening. I knew that I, I couldn't know. I can't. I couldn't know what I knew, and 
walk away from it. Um, and I had to follow this with everything I had for the rest of my life. Um, and so I, I opening and, um, truly awakening. I, I thought there for a minute that I could like follow Christ and, and only, only give him parts of my life. Um, and then it came later in Jamaica where I was like, so, Oh, I have to give him everything. So did you go to Jamaica? You went, I ended up going, <laughs> we went right before COVID. That was incredible because I just remember in prayer of him calling to get me to just sacrifice or give him everything. And um, I knew that like I had to make changes in my life compared to like the freshman, sophomore year self that I was um, just caught up in campus culture and yeah, what it meant to be a college student at the time. Um, and that was a really tough pill to swallow, but um, it's gosh, been beautiful ever since um, then. So. And what did you find there in Jamaica? I think a lot of us, um, I always think of like Mother Teresa's comparison, like everybody wants to go to Calcutta and help the poorest of the poor. And sometimes she suggests be in your own families and love your own families. But did you find yourself serving or or helping those who who couldn't help themselves in Jamaica or? Yeah. Did you have no expectations then too? Like, I'm just going to go in and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just serving. And we were with Missionaries of the Poor, which is a, um, a religious order. First of all, it was a lot to live there and live amongst them and it was during Lent season like they didn't eat meat for all of Lent and it was just very hard. The whole time? The whole time. Oh, I don't know. Very hardcore and it was just like you know. No, but thank you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they would, we would wake up at least earlier in the trip um, first couple days we would wake up at like 5 a.m. pray like liturgy of the hours, mass, adoration and like so much much prayer and it hit me like it hit me really hard. Um, at first, but it it was it was it was such a an incredible and unforgettable experience of serving. We did a lot of work with kids in orphanages and working with them and just seeing like the face of Jesus in each of the people that we um, worked with was again so beautiful. And also just working alongside, it wasn't just um, Vandy students that went on the trip. There were some other students from other college and universities that were there with focus and to know mm-hmm. and see that community that. Um, in fact, like <laughs> there aren't like there are very cool and normal like people that just want to come down here and serve, and they they take their faith life very seriously. And um, it was very inspiring to see like all these Catholic college students that, in many ways, I wanted to be just like them. Mm-hmm. And you're having all these amazing retreats and ex- experiences on the mission trip too, right. uh, on this conversion to Catholicism. What did your parents think? I'm curious, or your, your family about this change right. in your life? This is a, a, a good question, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think probably one of the, I wouldn't even call it a regret. I just, uh, one of the choices that I made throughout like the past year that this whole conversion experience is that I, I'm the type of person that I don't know something until I know it front to back, like the back of my hand. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I'm just, it's a fault of mine for sure. something I need to work on, but it was something that I didn't really let my family in on until very recently until I like made this decision mm-hmm. um, to come into the church. How hard was that to say? Uh, to say I mean, I <laughs> it was, I mean, it's, I, I really, I, I actually looked back through my prayer journals of really this time last year and I was already praying for like the time that I would tell my parents that I was like an actually practicing Christian and now going going to become Catholic um, and that was it's it was an incredibly difficult experience um, and hard but it, there have only been good things to come um, from like the difficult conversations of not only with family um, and with friends or yeah but also with friends I know that there's so much growth I keep things very like close and tight to me and I'm a very personal person um that i don't like to share a lot of like 
be vulnerable in many ways and share a lot of these. Um, it was hard to bring her to the radio show. Right. <laughs> Father G tracked me down a couple of times. Well, you're doing um, great. Um, have, have you, what have you seen as far as conversion stories, Father? And like, I think uh, most people you see are super excited about it. But is that the one main fear is what, what is my family going to say about it? Or There is a little bit about everything. I was talking to a, to a person uh, <laughs> other day, and, you know, and the person was saying, feeling guilty because, you know, the person was uh, feeling a lot of anger or anxiety. And it's like, that's okay. You know, that's you. That's your story. That's how God works through you. So, you know, yeah, each person is different. I think for that, I think that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Each person is different. We can't, want, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit <clears throat> before we started recording about RCIA, you know, that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, RCIA is a program, you know, that everybody <laughs> has to go there for, you know, 12 months and, you know, do this and do this. And it's like, and I, the way that I see RCIA, right, of Catholic in, uh, Christian Initiation of Adults, is a process. Mm. Each person is different. You know, Mia, when she came, she was ready. You know, she ready knew. She, I mean, she I, ready. I did my own RCIA yeah, by bec- myself. Yes, because she the knew the faith. You know, she knew the faith. She knew she knew Christ and everything. So it wasn't that thing, you know, like, Mia, what what questions do you have? You know, like, she knew. She, so mm-hmm. it, because each person has a different path until you get there. You know, there are people who's like, I don't know anything. You know, so like maybe mm-hmm. some people like me, it was like last year, I don't know anything, help me on this whole process. But I think because of, you know, good friendships and, you know, involvement with the focus missionaries and asking questions. And so when she came, she's like, I know this, mm-hmm. you know, I know, I know the faith, I know what I'm about to, you know, partake in. Okay. So that's a process, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, yeah, this is a process. So her process was this. I'm ready to take that step. Mm-hmm. There was another guy, Andrew, who was baptized. Well, we, we did a conditional baptism for him <laughs> in the beginning of the year. He's like, Father, I've been through grade school, high school, college, all the way through in a Catholic institution. It's time for me to, you know, finally convert. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he knew, he knew the, he knew the, he knew the faith, he knew everything. He's like, yes. I said, do you have any questions? No. Do you have any, you know, anything that you don't really, uh, no, I'm good. I, <laughs> uh, yes, this is what I believe. I like, okay. So there was one that was, that was like, oh, this is easy, you know. <laughs> so each person has a different way that they get here and a different way that they will experience their faith. And Wow. Um, how, how do you think you'll carry that on in, in your life as you keep moving forward? So you said you moved you move on to, to med school, which is a huge deal. Right. I guess if you want to talk more about that, you're welcome to. But just like how how the the, the Catholic faith is going to become who you are, I guess, to carry you through those next years of your life in a different state. I, I think looking forward, um, I feel more excited about my future than I have ever felt. Um, and uh, there are a lot of changes going on. Um, and um, obviously this comes at a, a very odd timing of the spring of my senior year, really, um, right as I'm about to walk away from the community and enter into a new one. Yeah, it's easy for me to sit here and, and wonder and fear, I guess, what my community will look like next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, fortunately, you know, I've um, they have a Catholic community um, at the med school I'm going to, and um, I look forward to, like, getting involved there. It makes me um, feel more empowered in knowing that I can enter into that next step, next stage of life of walking into med school, um, a time that's very stressful and very demanding. And I, I don't know what to expect, but the fact that I have 
my faith to rely on in Christ and um, going to Mass daily and, and you know, after um, Easter receiving um, the Eucharist daily and the sacraments, that is going to give me so much life and, uh, you know, fill the cup up that I'm, I'm pouring from into my academic studies and everything. Um, and it, it is beautiful to have that sort of um, source, um, that lifeline um, to rely on. So back on. what are you more excited about becoming Catholic? What am I most excited about? I, I can't even answer that question. There's so many. Um, I mean, finally to participate in um, the sacraments for sure of, um, you know, sacrament of reconciliation and um, first communion and now confirmation. And, um, you know, um, the Eucharist is something that I've been staring face to face at for a year now. And um, to finally, um, you know, receive it for the, him for the first time um, is going to be just the most life changing experience. Um, and I, I absolutely can't not cannot wait for it. Um, speaking, of, speaking of the sacraments, you, are, you're able to go to reconciliation, right? If you're not Catholic, is that well, correct? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you as long as you're baptized, you have the right to the sacraments, you mm-hmm. know, if you if if you validly baptize the name of Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so for mm-hmm. right now, Mia is in the process of RCIA. Mm-hmm. So anytime, yeah, you can come and you know, and because she was already baptized before the Easter before the Easter Sunday, uh, because this year uh, we because of COVID and everything, only the we only doing baptisms at the Easter Vigil. But she right now because she's right on the RCIA process and everything, she she has the she can't come to the sacraments. Yeah. Wow. And speaking of, of of the reconciliation during this time of Lent, well, a lot of penance services going on. This is just a curiosity in my own head. I think from the outside looking in, especially if you're if you're Protestant or if becoming Catholic or if you just don't understand, like like for a quick minute, why why do we have to? I think a comic. I don't know how to answer it. Is why do we confess our sins to a priest? And I know you you obviously because, assure yeah. us that they don't tell anybody that they yeah. forget it right there. Yeah. But, it's, uh, it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine. She's Protestant, and you know, great conversations that we had and you know she's kind of you know father uh, she she works at father ryan so you know she, after i've been to father ryan and, and you know this whole mary thing really bothered me but i kind of understand what you guys coming from so yeah. it doesn't bother me anymore <laughs> but you know this whole thing about confession i said okay you know and you have to talk about on their level it's like how about john 2019 he's like what are you talking about open your bible and then she came and she's like Oh my gosh, I never saw this. What does it say? Those, you know, when Jesus came, uh, the reason Christ comes to the disciples and those, you know, peace be with you, my peace I give you, you know, shalom. The first confession. And then he said, you know, those sins who are forgiven are forgiven, those sins that you retain are retained. And she's like, oh, (laughs) I don't know what to say. I never saw this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So yeah, we, because Jesus gave that, Apostolic, uh, you know, tradition to the apostles to forgive sins. Mm. That's you beautiful. I, I think and, it's, that's yeah, and it's, it. it's 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 funny sometimes. You know, listen to you like to Protestant radios or whatever, and then see them talking about confession. <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, you have to confess your sins. Like, yep, you do. That's what we do. You know, so it's like <laughs> that sense of yes, you go. To the priest that is there in person of Christ, in the person of Christ, that is forgiving your sins in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Wow. I will, I mean, I'll say that in, in doing digger deeping into the sacraments um, in the Catholic Church, I was shocked when I um, 
would find out that all of the biblical roots of all the sacraments of like, uh, I mean, a big passage that's or a passage that's played a big part in my life is John six of um, knowing the bread of life. Yes, exactly. And um, learning about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And I think that's a lot of misunderstanding. There are a lot of misunderstandings um, in the world that um, things in the catechism go against what things say in the Bible and things in the Bible go against what things are said in the catechism and that they conflict. But there's a, in fact nothing in about the Catholic Church that that does not um, line up with said in the Bible. And I think people like put, put them in opposition with each other, but yeah. it's all. We, we, we made the Bible. We put the Bible together. So <laughs> right. <laughs> right. When, when you talk about like educating yourself, especially being prepared for RCAA, when you said, yeah. I, I, I kind of already knew that when they tell you stuff, what, what was your guidance like for that? Was it just on your, was it reading or just the inner, what was your source? Right. Like, what did you find? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I did. Yes. I, I did a lot of reading on my own and a lot of books that were um, not only given to me or su- suggested to me, but I also did research on my own of just like Googling. Like, she Googled it. Right, I was saying, did, yeah, you like, yeah. did you have like your favorite priest you would watch or something or, or yes, Catholic yeah, speaker? Yeah, yeah. yeah I Sure. <laughs> I did a lot of like Ascension Presents like with Father Mike and a lot of Seek and SLS um, talks that I would just watch um, pretty much every night before I went to bed. And um, it was before I even had really Catholicism on my radar. I was just going for like the sake of Christianity and learning more about um, what, you know, the the gospel and the Bible, everything it has to say about that um, and wanting to learn more. And um, I had many friends um, walk with me along the way and help um, in many ways. Um, I had a friend, a focus missionary, actually send me um, Rome Sweet Home, um, which is a, yeah. a book by Scott Hahn. Amazing. Um, yeah, and incre- yeah. I think it, it, it plays a big role in a lot of conversion stories. Um, but had that sent to me over quarantine o- over the summer, um, and I read it in one day, and uh, like five Five hours sitting, um, and I, like I, I, I had no idea what I was walking into when I opened the front page. Um, but I, I knew that once the story began, I couldn't put it down. I was like, "There's something like what makes a man just uh, like a pastor too." Scott Holmes, a, a I think a Presbyterian pastor, um, drop everything and convert to Catholicism and um, risk it all essentially um, and change his life completely. And I found that story extremely compelling. And so I think that those are the first seeds in um, this conversion story that I have um, of what, you know, has grown since then and read a lot of other books. I know that the same friend actually sent me um, the catechism later and then the, yeah, yeah, she was (laughs) in the Bible Um, and um, Catholic for a reason, which is another book. And then I I did a lot of digging like with um, the real presence in the Eucharist because um, again, I was like, what, what convinces someone to go pray before um, the blessed sacrament for hours on end um, each day. Um, And knowing that, um, like what, what Jesus said in, in John 6, um, like what Father G just said, um, is real. And, um, yeah, it was, I did a lot of, a lot of, I've, my library on my shelf um, at home is, is pretty thick now. Um, so that's why I, um, when I came, when I finally came to Father G and was like, I want to become Catholic, um, I had done most of the research um, all myself beforehand um, because I knew I didn't want to make that decision on a whim or um, without knowing it. I, it's funny because actually I knew probably back in November that it would, it was inevitable that I would become Catholic. Like I know it in my heart of hearts, I wanted it's coming, to, but I'm not going to, yeah, 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 right, right, right. I need just a little bit more. I need to have it figured all of it figured out. And you know, it, you will never have it all of it figured out. Um, and it's just like that, that leap of faith and, um, falling into his arms and letting him catch you and, um, really trusting in, 
um, everything. So was it that recent, like in December or something like that? I mean, like before 2020 or this year that, that you decided to, that you went, you told him. Um, you it was, I think February. Like it was, yeah, it was uh, February. Yeah. January, like yeah. A mo- about like a month ago. Recent, yes. Yes. And I, I think also what held me up is, um, not wanting to enter into the tough conversations that I knew were <laughs> going to happen and have since happened and, you know, still in the process of happening. Um, but I think, um, I knew all of me wanted to, um, come home and I knew home was, um, in the Eucharist and in the Catholic church and, um, was just waiting for that homecoming and not willing to take that step. And then finally, um, just in prayer one night, um, was like, I have to do this. I, I can't. And I think that's the, that it get that point is like, yes, mm-hmm. I got it. That's it. I just have to, you know, I just have to make the next step. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you got to remember that you must be, first of all, you must be just, the days must be dragging until April 4th, I guess. Like it's no. How many as days? slow as possible. <laughs> How many days into there? Uh, it's uh, 17, 18. Something like that. Something I don't have it day by day, but I have it wow. pretty much week by week. But how, how important is it more than just April 4th, but every day after that is, is a real decision mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to live it out. I guess like we always say, it's a, it's a daily choice. But do you see that in your life when you, when you wait, even now before Easter, like right. waking up, like this is who I am as a young woman. Yeah. Um, it's my choice that I make. Yeah, and I think for me, it's not something that she's going to do on, the, on April 4th. Mm-hmm. It's something that she's already doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I mean, I go to daily mass already. And she goes to daily, daily mass. She go. I mean, I, how many hours do you normally <laughs> spend in the chapel? Uh, I think nowadays, like two or three. When I, I'm going to start you. I'm going to start you. Right. Uh, charge you rent for the chapel. <laughs> but it, so, and that's the thing. It's not something that we're going to do. Wow. It's something that she really does. You know, she knows. It's not like, and it's funny because sometimes it's like. With marriage, is oh, whenever I get married, no, <laughs> you are doing this right now, you know. So like, preparing, you know, preparing mar- couples to get married. It's not that when that next morning that you wake up after you get married, it's like oh, everything is no. <laughs> you have to work <laughs> to get there, you know. So I think the Mia is kind of that's you know she comes she comes to mass she <laughs> because in, in in a lot of times on the RCIA is that oh, whenever I become ca- no. <laughs> You know, you are in the process. You're already going because that's where you believe. That's where you want to be. And then you can say, yes, I'm ready to do this. So on, on, on April 4th, what is going to change? She's going to be confirmed. Mm-hmm. She's going to receive the first communion. But she's ready doing everything that the Holy Mother Church mm-hmm. asked her to do. Mm-hmm. She goes to Mass every 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 Sunday. She, you know, she goes to Mass every day. She prays every day. So it's not something that's like, oh, now I have to adapt. Or, right. Oh, oh. You know, now I have to do this. No, but she, she's excited about her faith, mm. and then you know, and she's, and that's kind of a, one of the the pretty cool things about RCIA. You know, you know, like whenever you are on RCIA, you ready on the process of becoming Catholic. So, you know, don't want you to die or anything like that. But you know, even <laughs> if you die mm-hmm. before you receive, because have the sacraments by desire. Right because of that process so you can you know receive all this you know it's something you already do and yeah. it's who you are as a person mm-hmm. uh well yeah. i wish we could keep going here but mia thank you for just giving us your testimony your your, your witness of the faith that you're already you said it's something you're already doing and it's just you're going to keep continuing on as, as you 
finish college here and move on to the next uh, four years in med school. But thank you, Mia, for, for sharing your testimony yeah. today. Thank you so much. Big things happening around campus and in Nashville and just in the lives of everyone involved with UCAT and listening to this radio. And it's, yeah, it's been a blast talking with you all today. And so thank you for having oh, me. You did amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> and thank you to everyone in our listening audience, especially to all those who need to take a moment to, to pray for all those in RCA right now or for for those dealing with those difficult conversations, uh, to say, I want to become Catholic and especially to your family too. Um, when you know in your heart, it's, it's kind of what you want to do, uh, or exactly what you want to do. It's, it's, it's all you can think about and it's exactly the right thing. Um, so just taking a moment to, to think of all those people and for, for all those conversions uh, that happen every day, um, we're just praying for them. We hope you felt connected to what you heard today. And remember, you can always find our shows wherever you get your podcast by searching belonging, for young Catholic adults. Uh, especially thank you to Father Gervon for all his insight, for all he does uh, with University Catholic, just guiding young students uh, on their conversions and uh, just, just their daily life uh, and their faith. Uh, thank you, special thank you to Jim Chandler, who does a lot with our show, how to tape and help here at WBOU. Uh, my name is Zach Jansen. Thank you for listening to Belonging on Nashville Catholic Radio.